Hey, it's 2023, and we're going again with my friend Joe Fort. Joe Fort, a Preston legend. Welcome, Joe. Thank you for coming, brother. You're welcome. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. Awesome. You're my our first guest of 2023. Um, yeah. 0019. Yeah, we're stoked to be back <laughs> at it. So, hey, listen, you were just telling me a story uh, about when you were three. You remember being three. And who were you kissing when you were oh, six? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Mulrooney. All right. Shout out to Nancy. Shouldn't have said that. That's all good. <laughs> you were six years old, right? Six years old, yeah. Wow. But and she was she was 30, 34. Well, the the sad part of this story is that I moved to Preston when I was seven. Okay. Never, never seen her again. Oh. Never Whoa. seen her in our lives again. So where where oh. was this hill? Where was the hill, the hill that, that you were you, kissing Nancy in Waterloo? Or? Oh, and oh, you moved to, from Waterloo to yeah. Preston, St. Louis School in Waterloo. Nice. Oh, wow! Yeah, there'll yeah. be people out there that remember that. But I remember a lot of things from when I was little. Now, where are you from originally? Uh, I was born in Kitchener. On oh, Kitchener, okay, me too. Oh, yeah, I think back in that day, we were all born in Kitchener. Nice, and your parents were from where? My dad was from Italy, mm -hmm. and my mom, uh, her parents were from Italy, but my mom was born in Kitchener as well. Okay. <clears throat> Very cool. You know, I, I remember your family so well. I can see your mom and dad in my mind um, when they owned the store down by what was then Water Street, now Chopin, I guess, yep. in Preston. Yeah. Yep. And uh, my mom would send me down there with 50 cents and buy a pack of cigarettes and a candy bar. Yeah, you'd be able to buy a couple packs of cigarettes. Probably were about 19 cents. Oh, no, you're a little younger than me, so yeah, they lot, might have been younger. 25 cents or something. Yeah, that got expensive. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I, I remember it so well. Like uh, going to the the convenience store. Your dad owned a fruit market as well? My dad did, yeah. Yeah. And I bought a road at one point. <clears throat> right on. Very cool. Where was the food? Where was that market? Where, uh, what's that restaurant down there now? It's closed up. Oh, it was a tea, a tea emporium kind of a thing? Well, oh, you know, it was Greystones. Greystones. My mother sold it to Greystones, right. and then it became what it is today. Right. You well, know, no, down, well, by Riverside uh, down by Riverside Park on the left hand I side. I may not look it, but I'm a little younger than you are. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> it's been there. For, what's the name of that? I, well, the Greystone restaurant, Chopin, oh. the beer store in Preston. Okay. Uh, right on that corner, there's a gray restaurant oh, deal. Yeah. What's that bar? Oh. That, what's that bar that's there now? Oh. Um, the, yeah. The Argyle. Yeah. Argyle. Arms. Argyle Arms. That was yeah, our right. house. That was our home. Oh. Really? Yeah. 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 They wow. Lived, they lived in that bar. from 1950. That's cool. Free beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no free wine. My yeah. dad. My dad always made wine, so we'd always oh, as cool. kids we would crack it open and get a little glass of wine out of it. Nice. We were like 10 years old. And that's so. where the legend started? Yeah, that's yeah. where it started, yeah. yeah. That's how the beard started growing. Yeah. <laughs> he hasn't shaved it was a few, was years, few years later, but so, definitely. So when did the art start? The art started when I was like uh, three years old. Really? Four years old, yeah. My brother was, my bro oldest brother was 10 years older than me, Peter, and uh, he was a fine artist. He was really? a perfectionist, yeah. Mm. Didn't do much in his lifetime. He maybe did uh, maybe 60 pieces in his lifetime. And I always used to tell me that if you're going to do it, you should do it right. 
and I, uh, I had a whole different attitude. I th think to do when you do something, you just do it because you love it. You don't do it because of financial gain or because it's great and all that. It's because you love to do it. I agree with that. I I always relate it to hockey. I mean, if if every kid that played hockey that didn't make it to the NHL didn't play because he wasn't that good, there wouldn't be any any NHL. There's thousands of kids in, in this area alone mm -hmm. that have played hockey since 1950, and like 12 of them have made it yeah, as a profession, time. you know? Yeah, so true. Young kid from Brantford did it. Art's the same. <laughs> Nobody should be critical of art. Yeah. I've just discovered some art that uh, it's scribbling. It's plain and simple scribbling. Cy something or other, his name is this guy. And uh, he's passed away, but his art is scribbling. And it sells for somewhere between 2 and $70 million. I'm going to start okay. scribbling tomorrow, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm going to love it. <clears throat> I mean, why? What, like, what is that? Why? Why is well, that happening? And it is happening. It's it's happening big time. I have a friend in New York that is a real good artist, and he's doing these pieces that, uh, man, they're they're childish, and it's what's happening. People are buying these paintings that have no content in them at all. It's no. There's like there's no meaning behind it. There's no. It's uh, weird. It's it's weird what's selling in art these days. <clears throat> it's like when when I'm off purchasing a piece of art, I mean sometimes for me I think um, I maybe I don't know enough about art or abstract art, but I I look at something that I just that kind of hits me right and it feels like it might look good on a wall in my yeah, apartment. Yeah. But what is it about abstract art and uh, these scribbles? Well, and I have that abstract are... art, Andrew, actually isn't abstract. Okay. Uh, art. And that, I speak that, very ignorantly, by the way. That, know that. that form of art, uh, I, I call it high realism spirit because it's you're moved, as an artist, you're moved by the spirit to do this painting. And no matter how you do it and how, how it looks, it... it you can't you can't put it uh, uh, you can't put words to it that are confined to what art artists or art people the art world says this is art this is not art this is just scribbling well if the artist felt it was art and art, I mean, art is creative. Art isn't, this is what it, uh, this should be. This is what this should be. It's, that's it really not, is open-ended. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, little kids do art. And a lot of times, a little kid, a three-year-old or four-year-old kid does some art. <coughs> and uh, it should be framed and put on a wall. Really? Because there's an energy that he's used. There's that energy coming through. That they're emotionally child. they're emotionally involved in what they're doing. They are. We've we've actually taken <clears throat> art from our children growing up, and it's on our walls. Yeah, absolutely. But not many people stop and stare at it and give it a good hmm. Well, I do. I go hmm. Why did I put that there? 
Yeah. <laughs> I have a, I have a painting. It's called Art. That's not art. And that's because, as I sat on a, a beach down in Key West, Florida, and I had this little shack down there, and I had these paintings sitting out on easels. And every now and again, someone would walk by and, and use that term. They'd look at my abstract pieces and go, art, that's not art. Really? So, so <laughs> I, finally, I finally did a painting that said that. That's awesome. That's hilarious. But it's, it's also, it's color and it's texture um, and abstract. I think I, I, I truly believe I'm moved by the spirit. I, there's something in my mind that connects with uh, colors. Mm -hmm. I might see something and go, wow, that's a cool color combination there. And, uh, and sometimes it's music. Sometimes, uh, rarely is it someone other than Van Morrison, but Van Morrison's music makes me think of a colorful painting. Really and, interesting, and it it lives in my brain until I can get it out onto the canvas. And sometimes it takes a year, a year and a half, for me to to one painting I've done. It took a year and a half to realize what size of a painting I was going to paint. Right, and it wound up being a five foot by fifteen foot painting. Wow, which Whoa. which was insanity, and uh, but I like I love the painting. It's in five pieces. It's in uh, five. Uh, three foot by five foot pieces. Can so, you explain why that took a year and a half for you to figure out what size you were going to paint? Well, it, it started that uh, I couldn't, I couldn't make up my mind what base color I wanted to use on that painting, and uh, there were five colors that kept coming into my mind, <clears throat> and there wasn't really a form to do it. And it, it's it, again, this was one of Van Morrison's songs called soul mm -hmm. and uh I, I would listen to that song and i would see this painting and then it, there would be a different painting and then a different painting and then i realized oh yeah that maybe it's five paintings in one painting which is what it turned out to be well then That's i started incredible. thinking about the size of each of these paintings what they should be right and for some reason, they wound up being three foot by five, five three foot by five foot paintings. I have a print of it. It's uh, the print is uh, uh, forty four inches by fourteen feet. I think it is no twelve feet. So where's this painting now? It's uh, down in New Jersey at uh, my website's friend's house. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. And where's the print? The print's down there, too. Well, geez, what's it doing down there? Now, <laughs> have you published it at all? Is that, is that painting in any of your books? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. But it will be. Yeah. Hopefully. So you've already discussed, uh, or you've already mentioned New Jersey and uh, Key West. Um, what got you traveling around? Uh, actually, I went to visit my nephew <clears throat> who lives in Florida and he took me to this is 1986 uh, he he was uh, he had a, a, a business that did, did timeshare stuff and so he took me to Key West and I was just 
starting to draw. I, I was just starting to think that I wanted to do this for a living. And I got down to Key West, and I started doing these drawings in this location we were sitting in. And uh, I was at the pool drawing the palm tree and blah, blah, blah. And someone come up and wanted to buy it. And Oh, wow. I've, I've 80, at the end of 86 and going into 87, I had uh, I got tired of just almost starting a, a painting or a drawing, and <laughs> someone wants to buy it, right? <laughs> so then I started reproducing my drawings and then coloring them. Okay, is how I started making a living. It, why I wound up down in Key West for as long as I did. And how long were you there? Twenty-eight winters. Twenty-eight. <coughs> Twenty-eight winters. winters. Damn. Yeah. I I literally look at your. Key West book, um, and I get a great vibe. <clears throat> I, I personally, I mean, come on, we're living in Canada, right? And uh, looking at this book, and you 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 capture scenery like, very well. Like it's crazy the amount of work that you've got into these. Yeah. yeah. Does yeah. it ever get tedious sitting no. there doing that? No. You get in sort of like a focus or something. It's. Uh, I, I t I'll tell you, it's it's a it's an energy that comes through me. That's what it is. It's an energy that comes through me, and uh, I've I've done a thousand drawings, but but I still, when I sit down in front of a building or something that I'm drawing, that it actually happens to come onto the page that I look at it and go, yeah, that's pretty cool, and. Uh, I, if, if you ask me, uh, do you know how to draw? I would probably tell you no. But I sit there and, of course... I'm uh, holding evidence to the contrary. Says. Yeah. Well... Why? Why would you say that? Because I, I guess I'm insecure with what I do. Not that I don't see what happens, but I truly believe that the energy of what I'm drawing comes through my pen, and, and I'm just the guy holding the pen that scribbles this out. And hmm. when we talk about abstract, you talk about <clears throat> abstract. <clears throat> I find the drawings are abstract. They're an abstraction of what is real there. That's what they are. And usually what you're drawing, you look at the drawing and you look at what is real, the drawing is so far away from what it is that's real. So that's, that's almost an abstract expression of what you are looking at. I mean, you I, I think I understand what you're saying, but they're, they're incredibly detailed and recognizable. Like palm, yeah. The palm trees and the, the buildings are incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if I went down to Key West right now, just driving around, and I saw that, that home we would see it as I, that I would home. just see it and and recognize it straight from your I think I understand what work. you mean though yeah there's there's not not only is it a material thing that it's you're crazy. drawing but there's an energy I mean if, if you're if you're in New York City and you're looking at a massive building yeah, can you imagine the guys that built that building every day that they would do a certain amount of work on it? They'd come after they were done work, they'd come out and they'd look at it and go, 
yeah, that's pretty cool, man, especially these stone buildings and whatnot. And that energy, and the energy of the people that walk by and stop to look at that church, you know, or mm -hmm. whatever it is you're, you're drawing, there's an energy that's captured in that, that building or that piece that is alive and comes back. It's just like us communicating. That happens with everything that is material. People stop and admire something, and that energy even a road, there's an energy in a road with the number of people that drive up and down that road that put their energy into that road. And there, if you can tap into that energy, when you draw a building, you have to acknowledge the window, the glass window in the building. You have to get up and, and when you sit there, you go, how are you today, glass? And that glass does the same thing as what we're doing. It interacts with you. Joe, did you take drugs before you got here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Kidding. That's so do what I. A, what a perspective! It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I hope it's so. I hope someday they that the art world changes the word abstract for the paintings that they call abstract to high realism spirit, because that's what it is. It's a spirit within the artist that creates this color that is given to him in his mind and not just the colors but the movement of his brush or his, his pen or his knife uh, that he puts the paint on the canvas it's high realism spirit and it's a painting hmm. it shouldn't even have a name as abstract or whatever but what why what is with um I, I mean that's the thing is the the word abstract and the way it's described is almost is does it sound like an excuse to give this painting a a vibe or a title or something does that make sense why do they why do they call it that well if it were a, an abstract like i said that the drawings they're an ab ab abstraction of the reality of what that building really looks like Right. No matter how much you can make it look like it is. Like I did a, a drawing just a while back, and uh, it's a huge building, a, a house, the back of someone's house. And the, the, the stones on that house are bigger than the... Every stone is bigger than the drawing I did of that whole house. So I see. When you bring it down, but... To make it look like it is, you need to have that energy come in through your pen and into the into your paper for it to look like it's real. Okay. Realism. Now, don't you think you called it what high high realism spirit? Don't you think that that is an abstraction of the artist's energy or mind? An abstract? Yeah, it it but not really. It's a funny thing that you say that because I, I was doing a painting one day and I was in a room with two other artists and I was doing this abstract piece, an oil painting, and uh, I stopped and stepped back for a minute and both the other artists at the same time said, don't do any more, it's finished. And I turned around <laughs> and I looked at them and I says, I know. <laughs> I know that's why I stopped. Oh wow! But they seen it too. They seen that that, and and it was at the moment I stopped and and thought that painting's finished. 
which is how I've become to think of what I do and what paintings are the way I do. That's one of the, that's one of the p points in, in my life that those two people saw that I had that finish the same moment I did. That's, it blew my mind, that's actually. That's fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah. Anyway. Where's that painting? Uh, I have no idea. Yeah. How many, have, how many pieces have you done? A couple thousand. Eight, 800 or so drawings. And I, maybe, maybe only 1,500, maybe 700 paintings. I, I don't know how many paintings I've done. Sounds like a lot. Now, do you, a lot do you still paint these these books here? Your medium is um, paper, for the lack of a term, and uh, black ink? P pen and ink. A sp any kind of special pen? Uh, microns. Microns. The hell do you do when you <clears throat> smudge something? Do you ever smudge something? Yeah, sometimes. Do you just make something You make mistakes, smudge? too. But you live with the mistakes. <clears throat> I, I don't rub. I don't. Erase, erase yeah. things and stuff like that. Wow. I, I live with it. I can see the mistake. Not many people can. Well, yeah. Joe, take us down memory lane in Key West. Key oh, West is man. where all this started, right? The traveling. Man, oh man, oh man. Key West, the home of my heart. Uh, one human family. That's the slogan of the people that live and operate out of Key West, one human family, and it is. I mean, if, if anybody is in need in Key West, there's a group of people that put something together to get the money or whatever it is they need to, to help them out. Yeah. The other part of Key West is it's a nasty place. It's, it's, it's hard on artists, and there are, there are hundreds of artists down there, but Boy, it's a tough it's a tough place to to be an artist. Why is that? Uh, <clears throat> well, it's 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 small. Uh, the merchants are, pay a lot of money to live to operate out of out of there, and uh, you're not, really not allowed to be an artist in Key West. It's like a street like, artist. You, like, you can't you know, be sitting out on the street uh, selling your work because that money could be coming into the stores to the merchants, mm -hmm. you know? Okay. How big is Key West? Like, how many people live there? Two mile by four mile. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's... I think there's like 25,000. And it's uh, the tip of the key, right? It's, it's, it's the southernmost point, point of, yeah. of the United States. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Two two miles by four miles. I mean it looks beautiful it's down quite there. Quite tiny. Haven't you been down there? No, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm thinking this year. Man. I'm just gonna drive down. Well it's like it like the world it it is def definitely changed greatly since I started going down there. No doubt. And I haven't been down there for nine years, so I'm I mean I can't even express what it is it is today but mm -hmm. it definitely changes it, it's always changing i imagine it got a little touristy down there well if you're if you're uh even if you go down there to work you're lucky if you survive five years hmm. because of the cost of it having an apartment and 
I bet. But yeah. it's expensive. You, you have yeah. to work seven days a week. So you spent 28 <clears throat> winters there. Yeah. Uh, you know, with your drawings and selling your art. Um, did you find your you were selling more to tourists or some locals? Uh, both. Yeah. And I, I was really fortunate to, uh, that as many people looked after me that allowed me to do what it was I did. Uh, I, and one example is a, a man, Paul Menta. Uh, he is very instrumental in putting the kite surfing business together. He mm -hmm. designed all those, how that kite worked. But he also was, is a mm. chef and uh, he, he's owned restaurants down there. And for 20 years, Paul Menta let me live at his house and would get angry with me if I bought toilet paper for the house. <laughs> wow. He, he supported me down there and many others did too. A man by the name of Mark Rossi owns a few bars down there, half a dozen bars. Uh, he allowed me to sell on his property. Another man, Richard Hatch, owns a restaurant called Blue Heaven, which is really a popular restaurant. He owns a couple other restaurants. But uh, Richard l let me set up with my artwork at his restaurant as well. It's nice. And without them and without so many other people that the tourists that would come down and I would be in a, a bar with my work and they would say, you got to go look at this guy's art and you got to pick up some. So that's kind of what happened. Very cool. I don't yep. know whether I should even be talking about this because of the reason that I got expelled. You got. Well, we okay. want to talk about that. So now, now you, got, <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> you got expelled from the U.S. Okay, for five years for working illegally. Uh, they they always thought I was making a lot of money down there, and it took them a three or four year period to. Uh, realize I wasn't doing, I wasn't making a whole lot of money, but doing a lot of work. But the, but the Americans decided to invite you to Told me not home. to come back for five years. <laughs> wow. Have you been back since? No. No, not no. at all. Okay. Now screw them. Well, who doesn't want to live in Key West over the winters? Were you just there for the winters? Yeah. And where were you in the summers? Uh, for those 28 years? A little bit of New York three months or five months of and in new york you also you drew a lot of new york yeah i did i did a couple hundred drawings of new york uh greenwich village in particular okay. hmm. so when did you start publishing your books uh 1988 and you have how many 18 wow but the first two books were books i wrote okay and what were those about? Uh, Thoughts for the moment only, or just words, is the title of the first book, and that's what they are. They're thoughts for the moment only, or just words. I do make comments in mm. that one book that I should eliminate them from the book. You know, something like uh, if I had a choice to face an angry female or swim the Atlantic, I'd choose the Atlantic. <laughs> It's okay because there's going to be a lot of listeners that identify. <laughs> yeah. So, 
That's fine. But I don't, I don't feel that way, really. I just make the joke. That's good. Shouldn't make jokes. You can't make jokes today, dude. Wow. Yeah, that's another, just that's another podcast. <clears throat> that was the 80s. You could still get away with it, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> that's hilarious. Anyway. Um, so, hey, you, uh, you worked with Jim Carrey. I did. I did. I drew his uh, studio, his art studio in New York. Oh, you drew his studio? Yeah. Okay. The interior of his studio. Right on. That's wild. It's funny. I was going to bring it. I was going to bring it to show you. Yeah, I wish you did. You did show me once. Uh, so how did all that come about? I think it's in. It, I think it's in the new, the uh, New York uh, watercolor book, the the drawing. How did that come about? Well, uh, I had I'd spent probably fourteen years on Thompson Street, just off of Bleecker, <clears throat> and then the one time I went down, they were repairing Thompson Street, so it was closed off. So someone mentioned to me, someone I knew down there mentioned that you should ch check out the West Village. And I said, oh yeah. Well, so I took a walk over and uh, I walked up this street called Perry Street and I kind of, somehow I just thought this is a cool, cool bunch of drawings I could do here, right? And I parked where I had just pulled up into I parked under a nice tree and uh, got to know some of the people started doing some of the drawings and it was probably I was there for a month and someone said you know you're parked out front of Jim Carrey's studio you know oh yeah and I, I didn't know <coughs> and uh, funny that it what I actually had met Jim by being there. Okay. But I didn't know it was Jim Carrey. I just knew it was this guy I had a chat with every now and again. And then one day he says, really? he, he had introduced himself and he says, I want you to draw the inside of my my studio. I knew it was his studio, but I didn't know if this guy I was saying hi to every morning was Jim, was Jim was Carrey. the mask in East Ventura and Liar Yeah. Liar. yeah. <laughs> It's wow. funny how you don't when you run, when you run into people that that are famous like that, you really don't know that they're the, it's them. It's really weird. Yeah, sometimes that's true. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, they're in a different sort of reality. I it's guess a different it's a different context. Uh, yeah, different context. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think the the I've, I met a lot, I've met a, quite a few people, but uh, that that are quite famous uh but they they don't come across like they're famous they just they're, they're pretty normal they're normal people. really normal yeah well we work with a lot of really famous yeah, people you, you guys too. and they're just normal yeah like when when on a on a personal level man to man man to woman however it works out yeah <clears throat> it's just they're just normal yeah. um fame is a is an illusion yeah yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. Wealth is too. Yeah, could be. That's a real sickness, that wealth thing. I'd like to be more elusive that way, illusion-y. Yeah, a little, a little bit, bit more. Yeah. 
I always think the worst thing that happens in your life is you die with a hundred grand in the bank. Why? <laughs> totally. You should have bought another. Do you know how long it takes to <laughs> save a hundred grand? Yeah. And you didn't spend it? Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, and you didn't give it to somebody that at it least can... you would have got a thank you for. That's true. You know, so anyway. So you were at Jim Carrey's for how long? A week. And you drew it, and what did he do with that? Uh, I don't know. But you, but it, but you gave it to him. Well, he bought it. Oh, he bought it. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I did a a black and white collage. He he kind of said, "I said, Does, have, do you have an idea of what I would do?" And he says, "I think whatever you did would be fine with me." So hmm. I did this collage, and then I had it printed and. Did a watercolor over top the the print. He he bought both the uh, the original drawing and one of the printed uh, colored ones. Colored print. Oh, very and cool. What was the studio like? Did you <coughs> were, were, were you uh, taken by it? I wish I had brought the picture, Andrew, because uh, and again it might be in that New York book. <coughs> uh, there was a a fan. There was a what do you call those balls that sparkle off? Like a disco ball? Disco ball. Okay. So they're in it. And uh, there was a, a table pretty close to the size of this table, except maybe half half this way, but that long. And it was full, a three, three high of tubes of paint. That table went into the picture. And there was a little sit-down area. That went into the picture with a couple of people that he had working on a computer doing some work for him. So they're in the picture. And then the guy that, uh, his chauffeur, uh, he was up front in the, this little waiting space. And then Jim was painting this painting between two of his paintings that were uh, uh, nine feet by 16 feet, eight, 8 feet by 16 feet, these two paintings he had done. Unreal. <clears throat> and he was doing this painting, and there were these little foot, child's footprints going up the wall right beside where he was painting. And as I found out, they were his, uh, from his daughter when she was a, a little uh -huh. girl, right? So those went in the painting, so stuff like that went in. Oh, that's nice. The drawing and the painting. Must have been a pretty cool studio to be in. And draw. It was it it was great being around him. I watched while I was doing that in a week. I watched him finish a deal for a building that he bought just over the Brooklyn Bridge. Right, some guy coming in, some real estate guy coming in, and he finally signed a deal that bought this building across the the bridge. Wow, stuff like that, you Neat. know, like guy blew my mind. And then when he went to pay, when when I had it done and I had the, the colored one done, I went, brought him down to him. And this guy that had been sitting, his chauffeur that had been sitting, when I brought him in, Jim says, uh, I guess we're paying you cash, eh? And I says, well, that's what we talked about. And he turns to this chauffeur and he goes, do we have the cash or do we have to go get it? <laughs> and Buddy goes, no, I got it here in my bag. 
<laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. Man, that's cool. So the guy wasn't just his chauffeur. I, I'm going. He was his wallet. Wow. Yeah. The guy's got a few grand in his bag. I mean, everybody grew up a big fan uh, of Jim Carrey in the 90s and stuff, but uh, I was a bit of a freak fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was my fave. I didn't. I had never seen any of his movies or anything. Oh, I would do all of his gestures and his imitations, oh. and I would <laughs> recite his comedy and all that stuff. He sent you a picture once. Said many spanks on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's a Toronto cool. boy. Yeah, he's a Toronto yeah. boy. We used to see him do his comedy at the Coronet Hotel in Kitchener. Oh, yeah. Warm up the van. Oh, man. I I didn't really know him, eh? I hadn't. I, like, I knew, I knew it was when he. When he introduced himself, I knew that, oh, this is Jim Carrey, that actor. Yeah, I mean, he's a D-lister, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's kidding. Yeah. So, But speaking of fans, um, I've always been a fan of Joe Fort. And uh, you once ran for mayor. I did. What was that all about? Was that just an attention thing, or did no, you really no, want to no, do no, it? No, 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 no. This was serious. This was really serious. Claudette Miller had been the mayor of Preston. Right. I ran for the, the mayor of Preston. Right. And uh, Claude, uh, Claudette had been the mayor, and she was stepping out. And Bill Coors, do you remember I Bill do? Coors, the lawyer? Bill put his he he when he was going to be the, the mayor. There was nobody else running against him. So I put my... Well, uh, got Mickey Maury, do you know Mickey Maury? Signed, signed design? Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, Mickey, wow. M Mickey put my name in to run for mayor. We talked about it. Was it his mother that owned the pizza place? Yeah. Yeah, Marge's Pizza. Yeah. Famous in Preston. Yeah, they're up and running, you know. Yeah, I've heard they, they sell their They're, uh, they're making their, pizza their sauce. sauce in jars. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Still? No, well, Just it's, started. It's come back. Yeah. Jeez, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's neat. Uh, Marge's mo daughter yeah. and her husband. Yeah. No, I knew. Oh, her her son actually, is have put this together. But anyway, uh, Bill Bill Kors is the only one running, so I'm going. Well, he's not getting it for free. He's gonna. I'm I'm gonna at least compete a little bit, and uh, put Mickey Mickey put my name in, and. Uh, then Claudette got back in. So she decided not to go away? Or? Yeah. Yeah. She jumped back in because they were kind <clears> of <throat> a little afraid that maybe I might win. <laughs> <coughs> well, yeah, you had to know Joe growing up in Preston. Well, you know, yeah. you know what my, my, my whole thing, the whole thing that I ran under was legalizing marijuana. Yeah. This is what I've, this is the point I was making. I would have voted for you. That That's, that was, yeah, the my my platform, my making legal, legal marijuana. Wow, they should have listened to me. The country should have listened to me. They wouldn't owe any money today. They ended up doing it anyway. <laughs> they did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. And all that money that was spent illegally would have been spent legally, and the taxes on that money would have. Uh, we would we would not have a debt. Canada would not have a debt today. That's crazy. That's probably from true. The, from the early 70s to to now. 
Can you so, imagine? What oh, was yeah. what, what was the store that you had? Um, <clears throat> downtown Preston. Was it a bookstore? It uh, it it turned into a books the books and record shop. Right by the post office. Yeah, with a hundred types of teas, plants. It's it's interesting that that building is now a tea place. Yeah, next door. Yeah, next door. Okay. Yeah, we were on the corner. We were right on the corner. Right. But I started, uh, I started with books when I was fifteen. I, I started full time at Loblaws, working full time at Loblaws when I was fifteen, and I would work two days a week for my dad in his store, and uh, I started up a little book book exchange in the back back room of the store at fifteen. Yeah, crazy. And then, of course, when I was 15, records were not a big thing at that point. I mean, records were expensive. Mm -hmm. So I, I did dabble with the records. And then the uh, by the time the store was mid-'70s, the store was basically records and books. They were new books at that time. And pot. No, no, no. Well, there was always pot available at the store, <laughs> but it wasn't from me. No, no. It's there okay. was always somebody there that had the drugs. Right. So I remember it well. <laughs> yeah. Those were Too the fun. days. They were great days. 40 years ago, over 40 years ago. Yeah. I was a, teenage, I was a teenager. Can, now, could I get, still get arrested for letting those kids sell their drugs in the store no, I, I, I would be an accomplice or something nah, it's legal now it's legal yeah it's crazy took the fun out of it crazy so what's the process drawing one of these pictures there's a lot of artists listening in a lot of people are going to watch this and what do you do like what do you this particular piece right here and it could be any piece how do you start it like what, what do you do to start it what what is it? Oh, this is. Oh, uh, oh, it's just a house. It's a friend's it? home. Yeah. yeah. But like, where do you begin your like your a, drawing? Like any, any drawing? Any picture? Like what? I think that particular piece. She would have asked me to to draw her house, and she was she's an artist actually. Right. The the woman that owned that house at that time. She's now sold it. She doesn't live in Key West any longer. But it's like, amazing. You remember that? Both Andrew and I are writers. So we sit down at our computer now. I used to sit at a typewriter, but I'd put a blank sheet of paper in there. And what do, what do I begin with? So I have my story. I've flushed it out of my brain, blah, blah, blah. But what do I start with? Yeah. That's what I'm asking you. Where do you so put you, your pen you, on the you, page yeah, and, how, you, and you what do a, you yeah, begin absolutely. with? Yeah, absolutely. You have a blank sheet of paper. You have your pen. What do you start with to create that? Knowing full well that, that whatever you're painting... Whatever you're drawing is going to fit within the, the borders of that piece of paper. Yeah. Usually it, it's a no-brainer. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why, Randy. Is uh, if if I had drawn every drawing that I was asked to draw, to start for starters. Like, there's 200 drawings in New York that people have asked me to draw. 
I just, you can't get to them. If they're buying the original, I'm on it tomorrow. Okay. So, but I have all these people that, like Perry Street, the West Village, I didn't draw much more than Perry Street. And I drew three blocks on both sides of the street. Same thing happened with uh, Second Avenue and, and uh, the, the East Village. I, the, the police asked me to draw their building, the Ninth Precinct, because uh, I had drawn the Sixth Precinct. So I go down to draw the Ninth Precinct. By the end of the day, I had three people on Second Avenue that had asked me to draw their, their places, right? Mm -hmm. When I, and I wound up for three years going down to New York and drawing <coughs> 2nd Avenue from 5th Street to 10th Street, both sides of the street. I've drawn everything on both sides of that, that street. And some classic, uh, like, famous, famous writers that, were, that lived in this one section. Uh, it just... When, when I when I go to an area, within within two weeks I have five or ten drawings that people ask me to draw. Key West, I mean, I again I I I drew a couple hundred pieces. It took it takes longer to draw a drawing in Key West than in New York. They're smaller, but the people that that you encounter, the people that I deal with every day, as I'm sitting drawing twelve hours or fifteen hours a day, those people in Key West take up more of my time right. than someone in New York that stops and chats with you for a few minutes and then hmm. they're gone. Right? There's more of them, but they they. Probably there's obviously a different vibe between New York and Key yeah, West. Yeah, the difference is huge. Do you, do you find? I think I, I thought about this a little earlier. Like you mentioned, like drawing a church. Let's say when people are walking by on the street, they don't notice that church normally. They don't. They don't ever look at it until they see you sitting on a sidewalk drawing that church. They look at your drawing, then they look at what you're drawing, and maybe for the first time ever in their lives, they actually. Look at the church. Do you know what amazes me when you say that? Uh, I'm I'm drawing a building that someone lives in that comes out and is looking at it, and they go, "What is that there?" And I go, "That is that little piece right right up there, right?" And they look up and they go, "Man, I lived in that building for 15 years, and I've never seen that." <laughs> That's exactly. They don't. Wow. They don't see. Yeah. And a lot of, usually if, if someone has asked me to do a drawing and I'm doing it, I always ask them what's, especially if it's a, a, a home or something, what is it when you walk up to your house, what is it that you see that you love every day? And there is something that people, they look at their house and they, they, they like a certain area of that house, right? So I kind of concentrate on that hmm. oh, that's crazy that's awesome when you were in uh, Key West 
I mean, this was at a time when uh, when uh, cocaine was huge coming into Florida and it stuff was. like that. What it was that was. like? What was it like being down there during uh, that time? Fun. Uh, I, I, <laughs> Were you coked right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I never. I dummy dust. I called cocaine. What's that? Dummy dust. I, I called it dummy, dummy dust. Dummy dust. Yeah, right on. Because here, I believe that here, here's cocaine. If you if you do a little bit of opium, you can go into the room. Like if you're if you're able to come into this room, you would have done opium. If you've done cocaine, you can only stand at the doorway and look into the room. Cocaine never lets you get into the room. Okay, I'm not sure I'm understanding. <laughs> you just alter your mic there. Well, okay, you're good. Uh, you, cocaine never satisfies you. You always need another line. Right. Another okay. line. I see. Another line. Opium. You need someone there because if you do a little bit of opium, you're gone. Okay. You're you're off. There ain't no thinking of doing another line. You are. In a, like <laughs> yeah yeah have you done opium no neither have oh I. yeah i've only done it like maybe three times okay and that's what i gathered from opium was it takes you into the room nice it, yeah, all the kids watching are gonna they're gonna love this they're gonna want to get on opium <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the part you cut out, right? No, no <laughs> we're not cutting anything out. <laughs> but I mean, it must you, have been crazy, don't you? There, guys work for the, the FBI or something? <laughs> well, hey, listen, the FBI and the CIA. I, I think ain't are mentioning the no names. I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. That's okay. You don't. We don't. We're not into that. Yeah. No, no. But it was a time. Like but the, it was crazy. Yeah. Near the eighties, it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. It like. $3,000, guys sitting, snorting $3,000 worth of cocaine and not being happy. And, and mm -hmm. when, when cocaine started, everybody shared. And then all of a sudden, you, you wouldn't even let the guy snort a, a little bit, not even a line, right? So there was, there was a kid in town you know what his favorite trick was? You'd put out your cocaine and you'd cut a couple lines and you'd give him the, the bill to snort it off of. He snorted that, your little stack of cocaine. He off would, to the side. He would snort where you, where you dumped your little bag <laughs> and you cut the... He didn't hit the line. He snorted all of your coke on you. I wow. seen him... He, he wound up committing suicide, that guy. Well, either that or somebody was going to kill him. Well, who knows? But, I mean, that's that's what cocaine <clears throat> that's brought, sad. too. Cocaine brought nastiness. Yeah, yeah, Nastiness. Yeah, yeah I, I think it accentuates uh, the personality that you already have. So if if someone had the nastiness in them? No, I think I think it turned you into a nasty person. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah, cocaine, yeah. Yeah, selfish, Maybe. just all me it was all me hmm. it was it, that was and basically 
I, I totally believe, you know, uh, the CIA was called Air Opium. They, they had the nickname, nickname Air Opium because they're the ones that brought it in. Yeah, I'm reading By a, the amount of yeah. cocaine that had to be brought in. Had good friends at the Ontario Food Terminal that were buying, buying uh, marijuana in Florida. And then the cocaine thing happened and they went down to get, get a supply of it at one point. They were, the guy that they were buying from was, uh, he didn't have any, they had to wait. So they were waiting a few days and they wound up meeting someone else. They bought from that, that guy within a half hour after they bought from that guy and let the other guy know they got busted. All of a sudden, the, the authorities were there. They busted them with what they had just bought. They wound up going, having to go to court. They arrested. They're going to court. The judge that was there was the guy that they were buying from. They didn't even know he was a judge. Whoa, Jesus. Yeah. Wild. Well, <laughs> cocaine was nasty. It, it took everybody's money, made everybody miserable. Was hmm. it's it's, I, I have a hard time thinking that it even exists anymore, for how bad it. Well, I mean, look at this. What is what's this stuff they have now that's killing all these people? Yeah, fentanyl. Fentanyl. <laughs> yeah. How, how could that be happening? Yeah. yeah just, <coughs> just say no. Just say no. Classic. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but it's crazy. Like if you know you're taking fentanyl, I I mean I. I don't think people do. I think the thing they're worried about is the lacing of mm. cocaine and things like that. I mean, I think some people, when you're like a hard up, um, or when you're hard into heroin and things like that, uh, and you end up uh, you're not getting high like you used to, you go to the next thing, yeah. which may be fentanyl. Yeah. But um, some of those people know how to control it. Wow. I, I think the biggest worry in the United States is uh, is lacing marijuana and cocaine with fentanyl and people don't know that they're smoking it right. and end up dead unreal well i'm happy that i uh haven't even smoked a joint since uh, 2001 i actually haven't smoked one since last night <laughs> <laughs> well and <clears throat> you can always take a break <laughs> no yeah no break. Well, I've got my heart problems, though. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't, I haven't smoked uh, a joint for a lot of years. Yeah. Well, you're missing out, buddy. Yeah. Well, I'll come over later. <laughs> and the, pe people tell me that the, this marijuana that they're selling is like. Phew. It is. It's crazy. I'm glad I don't know anything about it. But then I'm 80, so. I don't think I, there's not much I need to get off. <laughs> Waking up in the morning is, is getting off. So, Joe, I've seen inside your van, and that thing is stacked full of work. Well, some, you have some, sometimes it is. Okay. If I'm. What the fuck? I have, like, you're sitting there flipping through it like it's a store. <laughs> like it's a store, man. How many, how many pieces do you have in there you, on, on any given day? Well,. You know, if if I've got someone that's going to be looking at stuff, then I 
Oh, then you I, bring everything. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. see. But that's that's a big job. I mean, this bag of books that I carried downstairs from you bringing it in. Yeah. It's heavy as hell. Yeah. Yeah, they they are heavy. So the work you go to to pack your van up and. I guess you can't do audio versions of these books, eh? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> audio version. <laughs> audio version, yeah. So <clears throat> you, the last couple of weeks I've been at monograms. Which, yeah. You've seen them laid out on the table, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. So you yeah, gift, it's you pretty gifted, spectacular. You gifted each uh, of us, Andrew and I, a book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago at monograms. One of those. Uh, monograms copy pub um in cambridge yeah, yeah. which i Shout go out. to just about every day yeah monogram yeah just to have a cup of tea me too best latte i've ever had i, f I find that the space in there is quite relaxing for me too. yeah it's really conducive to an artist yeah. andrew goes there to write it is and there's not a lot happening in in our little town here uh that's artistic or you know got that vibe yeah so monogram really has it they just have it so yeah, that said, anybody that wanted to get a hold of you could get a hold of you probably through monograms. Yeah. Call them. Yeah. Leave me a message or get the phone number. Yeah, yeah, you actually have paintings up there right now, don't you? On their wall. Yeah, six prints. And your books That's are right. available on Amazon. The books are available on Amazon. Now, do they, they just look up Joe Fort? Joe Fort, yeah. Perfect. Joe Fort, Cambridge. Yeah. We're not closing cool. up. I just wanted to put a commercial yeah, yeah. in there while we're talking yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're incredible. I think like they're just incredible. Look at you have this this one here is of Paris, Amsterdam. Prague? Prague. Praha. Praha and Prague. Italia. Prague. Okay. Is Prague. I mean, what the hell? So spend a spend a little bit of time in Praha. What is Praha? Prague. Prague. Right. You just We're said just that. having fun with the word. Yeah. No, that's that's what that's how they Spell it, and that's how oh, they really? pronounce it. Praha. Oh, jeez. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said you spent a little bit of time, but I'm looking at these books, and they're so thick. There's three of them, four of them. <laughs> what, so, and that's every, Europe. Those are Europe. Every page has a an incredibly detailed drawing on them. Every one of them. Somebody could take these and frame them. Yeah, that thing. Paris. Yeah, unbelievable. So what what was it like? What was it like doing uh, art in Paris? I mean, was it more similar to something like New York rather there, than? There's New York. There's that's that's Second uh, Avenue and Tenth Street in okay. New York. We're looking at a book at a page right now. Saint Mark's. Hmm. Yeah, and this this is a whole book of uh, churches, right? It's called that's, the House of Worship. That's Reggio Calabria. That's a, a cathedral down in Reggio Calabria, twenty kilometers from where my father was born. Wow. And the book of churches is, there's, I think there's 70-some uh, images in here, 70-some or maybe a little 82 or something. Did you, did you purposely go to Europe to do art, or did you just go because oh, yeah. you fancied Yeah, yeah. I, everything's, well, I, I mean, uh, pretty well everything that, that I've done in Paris or Amsterdam or all those places over there, southern Italy, hmm. uh, they were they were definite locations that I 
just needed to draw it. I mean, the, the little village where my dad's from. That's uh, just going to mention that. You drew your dad's home. Yeah, a few, a few of the village, right? But the book of, of churches, uh, on the front cover, there's uh, Notre Dame, which, you know, has burnt. And then there's a house on 2nd Avenue, in, or a church on 2nd Avenue in New York that just recently burnt down little Sarnia place and a uh, little church on Cambridge. But this book here is a commitment I made when I started... Let me see that. When I started drawing. Uh, Some people are watching on YouTube and can take a look at this. I, I, it's a commitment that I made when I started drawing. And... Uh, happy to say that I finally got the book finished but uh, yeah it's beautiful Joe it's a spiritual uh, promise I made mm -hmm. I understand and how long did it take to yes sure 36 years 36 years to complete this particular yes. book yeah wow and drawing churches like you said before someone walks by a, a church, you know, they don't even look at it, really. Right. But when you're d drawing it, a lot of people drop by, and a lot of people uh, give you their life history about churches and what they think about them. The churches downtown, have you ever done them in golf? All of them. All of them. I was just going to... Are, are they, are they almost, represented in here? Yeah, almost all of them. Because they're gorgeous, and my when Rhonda and I, my wife, go for a walk at night, uh, often we actually say to each other, let's just, let's walk through downtown as a tourist. Because if you don't, you're just out for a walk, you get exercise and you go home. Yeah. But when we walk around as a tourist, we stop and we do look at the bridges. We yeah. do look at the churches because they're absolutely stunning along the Grand River in Cambridge, yeah. Ontario, folks. Yeah, yeah, I get a lot of friends coming from Toronto who, I mean, who've never been out here, let's say, and they, uh, I mean, that's like the first thing that, that they see and the thing that they mention often mm -hmm. is just there's so many steeples and well the uh, I, on the cent central church in Knox Pre Presbyterian it's not Knox anymore they've changed the name which one is that oh it's look at that right across the bridge let is me that see the one? let me see Randy I've drawn that that's the only church that I've drawn more than once. Because oh, wow. why would you draw it? But that's from the time club. That's sitting on the balcony at the time club when I drew that. Oh, is that right? Oh. I've drawn that church four times. Wow. I mean, anyone listening has no idea what these churches are or nothing. Yeah, well, with uh, Joe's permission, I can take a photograph and maybe put it up beside your face on the... Well, yeah, the but even if they're listening, they oh, can't I, see that stuff. Well, that's true. So we have to explain some of these things. Oh, yeah. Um but yeah, in Cambridge here, there's there are a lot of churches. How many churches are there? Do you know? I mean, in this area? Must be a dozen. Yeah. Just down here alone or in the city? In, in Cambridge. In Cambridge. In Cambridge, yeah. yeah. So, Joe, just a quick question as I go through this. There's this colored picture. So, would you do a black and white yeah. drawing, and then that's a that's a watercolor over the print? Yeah, and that 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 is black and white. One way or another, there's... a on each side of that, there there will be a drawing of that, a black and white drawing of that church. 
Okay. See, what I like about Cambridge is that oh, wow. the churches are Let so me close. See, Randy? Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, that's it. That's the black and white and then the color. The yeah. churches are so close together that oftentimes on a Sunday, you'll see one group of people from one church fighting another group from another church. Like who a gang wars. Like a rumble? Yeah, like a rumble. Where is that? Yeah. No, I don't, it's in his I'm mind, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next story I'm writing. That, that's that's a beautiful book, and anybody that wants to see these pictures can damn well order the book. Amazon, Joe Fort's Houses of Origin. Beautiful. Have you done anything that's not uh, like buildings? And I mean, have you done boats or water or couple these kinds of things? A yeah, couple, yeah, couple of portraits. Yeah. So, oh, what, yeah. What is it like? That's a good point, Andrew. What is it about the um, the, the the buildings that? that turn your crank i you know 36 years it's been it's 30 that i've been making a living at this or trying to make a living at it and uh so many times i wonder what what why why are you doing this why why do you think that you want to do this and there's a lot of times that i think that the trees are more important to me than the architecture. Oh, interesting. And then there's times, there was a time, one time, that uh, I was heading to Europe, and I had kind of made a plan in my head that I was going to do a book of portraits of all the women I meet along the way this time, five, six months in Europe. Wow. And uh, I, I got there, and I did about six of them and uh i thought i looked at them i looked at the people i drew and i went don't do that no more don't do any more portraits because they're awful okay and uh then i'm on in paris and i'm on the street and i got prints of these awful pictures that i've done and they're at the back of the roll and this woman comes up and starts talking about this space in her house that she has that she wants to hang four pictures of portraits of women. Really? And I'm looking at her, and she says, do you have anything like that? I says, yeah. I was kind of going, uh. And I said, yeah, they're in the back row of that, that row there. So she goes to the back row, and she loses her mind. She's going... These are absolutely beautiful. She says, I've been looking for two years for these portraits of women that I want to put in this place, in my, this wall in my house, right? And I'm just like, I'm just like thinking, this this is some someone, I, someone's put someone up to the, for this. <laughs> well, she buys four of them. And uh, then I thought, well, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter what that's part of my thing about what it what it looks like is not important it's that you've done this right mm -hmm. so I, I i'm thinking all over and i'm going yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do some more right so i do another 20 of them and then i went don't do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> and that was it i the, there are there is a point when you look at what it is you're drawing to what it is that you are drawing right there's you have to tell yourself this is not good this is 
but they're in they're in the Paris book. Okay. Th those pieces, I'm pretty sure they're in the Paris book. See, Joe, you the stories you tell, you live sort of a life that um, people have often watched in movies as being portrayed romantic. Do you believe that as well? Well, come back to your mic if you're going to talk. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, okay. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah, but that's neat. She is beautiful. She's <laughs> so beautiful you can't even imagine. Here, spin it around so that this camera can see it. Yeah, there. Yeah. Wow. It's a it's a, an interesting representation. What a beautiful woman. And then there's this one. Okay. It's the blonde. I do want to say stick to buildings. <laughs> 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 but I, I, I still put them in the book. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, because it's part of me. And to be honest with you, Andrew, what you, what you're just saying about this life, right? It's been hard. I can imagine. It's been it's been excruciating, so many times, and even to this day, uh, trying to make a living as an artist and having what I've done and it's uh, boy you wouldn't want, you wouldn't wish it on any child that wanted to be an artist you would not wish it on anybody hmm. and I'm one of the more successful ones <clears throat> you know like but then uh, p part of why I started do doing this for a living is when I was 15 I bought art from people I, you at, understood the reason to purchase something like at this. At one time, when I when I moved out of the store in 1980, I moved into the Galt View restaurant, and I at that time I had about 200 original pieces of art from other people, and hmm. even when I was at the store, I had those pieces, and I would buy and sell. I would see an artist. One artist I bought maybe 35 pieces from. I And even today, I have over 100 pieces of other people's art. I have 76 pieces of a particular artist in Key West, all small little pieces that he's done. He's a fourth generation. His great-grandfather, his grandfather, <clears throat> and his father were all renowned artists in the New England area of the U.S. And... Uh, Scott, his name is, and uh, yeah, I, I have like seventy-six of his pieces. I've, I've wow. I, I have, over, still have over a hundred pieces of other people's art that I've had, <coughs> even after I sold everything at the Galt View that I did have when I moved into the Galt View for two years. Wow, so, yeah. it goes back to that: you do it for the love of it, not the money. Yeah, although the money is yeah. a nice byproduct. Well, and it is, Randy, and I have never made any money. I have never really had any money in my life. I've been homeless for 40 years, but I also at one time owned 50 keys to 50 houses up the east coast of the United States that people give me the keys to their homes that if 
they're not there that you can use the house, right? So I've had that, and like I ex explained earlier about Key West and someone putting me up in their house for 20 years and let me live in their house and shower in their house. So I've had that, which <coughs> I, I, I stopped questioning it like halfway through the 36 years I've been doing it. Halfway through it, I, I realized that just do your work, something will happen, right? Well, at 80, you're going, well, when is it going to happen? So, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. I, I would not change anything that I've had happen in my life. few nasty things that, you know, I'm lucky to get through, but other than that. Well, men like you uh, are starring characters in movies, you know. Yeah. That's, uh, the, tr that's the truth. They tell stories about people like <clears throat> you. Um, speaking of money, uh, and you don't have to answer this, but um, like when I look at your drawings, the work that you put into it, the time, I, uh, like I have no concept what it would take time-wise to complete one of these. How how big are these outside the book? Like how when how what size of paper do you draw these? Uh, some of them are like eleven inches by eighteen inches, twelve inches by eighteen inches. Okay. And most of them are uh, probably a foot and a half by, uh, using yeah that term. Uh, I I would say that the majority of them are. They're not huge. Fourteen by twenty-two or something like okay. that. Okay. 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 Yeah. So like some of them are bigger. Yeah, and and some of them have more detail than others. So yeah. just on a just average, how long would it take? Like this, uh, Our Lady of Mercy Catholic Church in Sarnia, Ontario, established eighteen seventy-eight, which is absolutely an incredible drawing. It is a it's a beautiful church. It, it is, is so it's, beautiful. It's stunning. Uh, but how hmm. long would that have taken you to draw? To be honest with you, yeah. There's I think there's four or five Sarnia churches. Randy, I swear to God. It was like they dropped out of my pen as easy as having a drink of cold water on a hot day. I love that. It's that simple. Those drawings, those particular few drawings, the ones on the front cover oh, too, it, eh? That's the church that I just showed you. It's oh. on the cover. Oh, okay. It's a it's a gorgeous picture. And, so how long? How and long? And that that one in particular, that thing slid out of the pen like. I love that few hours really no kidding but this also i mean this is uh well-practiced art i mean this is coming off uh you know an experienced pen yeah it's flowing out of your pen because Big you're time. good at what you do and again what i mentioned earlier i hardly know how to draw yeah yeah it's obvious i, I <clears throat> yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm, te I'm telling you, I, when I sit down to draw something, I, I, I mean, it's a trip. This, I, I just did a, a, up Bruce Street. We were talking the one I did up Bruce Street, up right? Around the corner here. Like, 
I, I, it took me three days to figure out whether I could draw this or not. And I, it came out, it came out, it came out pretty good, actually. It's you drew something on this side of town? Just over here. Why? The, the, the house on the end. Uh, on Commission. The, uh, the, um, okay, right. so now, okay, so let's, let's talk about that, if you, if you don't mind. Um, it, to, to draw this church, and if I wanted to, if I commissioned you to draw this church for me, um, what's, it what's that going to cost me? Uh, 5,000 bucks. Fuck. Well, I think that's I don't reasonable, know. but it's fairly cheap. It's ridiculously cheap. Ridiculously cheap. But you know the you know the Pablo Picasso story from sitting in the cafe in New York? And a lady saw him sitting there and she took him a pen and a napkin. Oh and, yeah. And she asked him to draw a picture and he said sixty five thousand dollars. Yeah. He he used to sign mm -hmm. Pablo Picasso used to sign, go in and have lunch at a, a restaurant, and he never paid for it. He just signed the tab. Those those signatures get twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, but the lady she said, "Why sixty five thousand dollars? It only took you a couple of seconds," and he said, "On the contrary, it's taken me my entire life." Yeah. So when I I've never forgotten that, and when I see these pictures. What people aren't, pe people think they're paying for a picture of a church. Yeah. But they're paying for an artist's life work. Yeah. In one moment. Um, so you got to put your prices up, brother. Well, <laughs> right. Here, here's, here's the thing with the books about doing the books and, and realizing what I was doing. I, I sell pr small prints of them for black and white for 40 bucks. Okay. So you buy that book, you got 80 prints of my work for $100. Yeah. I could cut those out of, out of that book, the 80 pieces, and get $2 each for them all day long, which would be, how much is that? 80 times $2? Well, 160, 160 bucks. Yeah. But I could also cut them out of there and sell them for $20 each. So now you got $20 times 100 or 80 is how much is that? Mm -hmm. So 100 bucks people people look at that book and they go 100 bucks are you out of your mind? Well, you could sell every one of them for 20 bucks. Right. And every now and again someone that is really positive about what they're getting from me I'll say to them Pick out two of there, and I'll I'll sign them in case you want to cut them out of the book and put them on a wall, right? Yeah. Well, they're 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 all beautiful. Well, the the money, it, and it comes down to the 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 last thing you need you should ever talk about with art is money. I had a, I had a lady uh, from Guelph. <clears throat> it's the only Van Morrison piece that I've ever sold, but. Uh, She'd come over to look at my art, and she wanted this one piece. And I, she says, oh, how, mu how much is is that? And uh, I says, well, I, it's a five-foot by six-foot piece, eh? And I says, probably 20000 bucks is what I'd want for it. And, Jesus. And, 
And wow. she's, she said, oh, I just can't afford that, right? So she looked at some other stuff and she picked one out and it was $8,000. And she says, well, I can give you five. Can, can I pay you 3000 later? I says, yeah, that's not a, not a problem at all. So she, <coughs> she, and she uh, said she'd come and come back and pick it up. And she came back and uh, gave me the five grand and she's going to pay me the $3,000 later, right? I gave her the Van Morrison piece that I wanted 24 because anybody that's going to buy a painting from me that can't really afford it, they're going to have to pay it later on. Get, wow. Make sure she gets what she wants. That's Wow. That's insane. Get, get the one that that <coughs> she that she really wanted. It's pretty wonderful of you. Well, it's just common sense. No, it's wonderful. That's your artist's heart. That's phenomenal. Well, I just I just see it as man oh man, I couldn't afford to buy one of my own paintings. So, yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, a lot yeah. of stories like that. I bet. So, and now, now I'm, now I'm, what I should bring up while we're doing this is if there's anybody that has any connections to any galleries, I need a gallery to help me move off these 1,500 or 2,000 pieces that I need to get rid of. Right on. And I should have been selling them cheaper. So that well, no, I don't, you know, I don't think that's the case. And I wanted to say earlier, you know, there's a cost to what you do, but it's, it. what's more important to think of it is, is, as a value. So that woman, what she got, we have to look at the value of what you have in here, as opposed to the cost. I mean, this book may cost $100, but the value is, is immeasurable. If, if this is what someone enjoys. I mean, it, yeah. I love yeah. this. Yeah. I've been pretty fortunate. I mean, I <clears throat> as, as much as I've, I, I shouldn't even speak about it, but not having any money, not having, uh, been being basically homeless for 40 years. Why are you doing this? You know, why? Because I love doing it. I and and I I truly believe that every drawing and every painting that I've done has been a gift that I've been given, and that's why the books are are happening because you've been given this treasure what you've been given, and even uh, the books one of one of the things about the books is six grandkids five great grandkids I hope they all have a copy of my my work at some point in their lives. And if that is what it costs me to, to not be able to pay a rent or whatever, uh, hmm. man, get it done. It's my work. It's my work I've been given. I, I feel I've been blessed that I've been given this. So that's without a doubt. Yeah. This is a blessing. Yeah. And what blows my mind is why we're talking about all this. No, it, it's you. You see, you somehow diminish the importance of what you've done here. Your your skill is incredible. 
what and, and and like you said, it's a gift that you've been given, and by doing what you're doing and putting it into books, it for a hundred dollars. Are you kidding what, me? What what's that one, Randy? Uh, I just opened it at the first Cornerstone Church in Key West, Florida, established 1893. Um, and um, oh yeah, I know that that's right beside where I lived, the apartment my buddy had, right beside. On William Street. Fabulous. Cool, man. And then there's the watercolor of the same. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. again, uh, if anybody's interested, joefortamazon.ca. Um, have these books delivered directly to your house. Or you can contact Joe at Monograms uh, Coffee mm -hmm. in uh, Cambridge. Monogram, M-O-N-I-G-R-A-M. Right on. Owned by Monica and Graham. <clears throat> we could uh, we could do commercials yeah <laughs> um yeah so what's what's the future joe ah uh, boy to just uh, my my biggest concern is having something done with what i've done mm -hmm. the, the originals i it's it's a lot of originals and it's you know like for someone to take it on i i am uncertain to where that's going and i'm uncertain at this point uh where i'm going where i'm going to be living in the next 10 years if i lived another 10 years if, when you're 80 years old do you think you're going to live to be 90 not really you know when you see, when you see the number of people that pass away in in my age mm -hmm. group, you know, you live to be 90. But the other thing is, if, if you live to be 100, think of 1999 to 2023. How fast did that go? Yeah. You know, did you get anything done? You, Andrew, you're that 20 years. You, How old were you in 1999? Were you like, Oh, uh, it was 14. Oh, you were 14? 14, yes. Yeah, I didn't like think you would even have been 10. Man, I'm 37. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I, I don't even... I don't remember what's happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got to get and, life started. And, and the other the other thing, guys, is this world, the way this world is, is like... Can you count on anything? Mm -hmm. That's another podcast. I mean, little ki little kids that are... You, I mean, you you can't get a job in a grocery store. You can get a part-time job in a grocery store, but what, what's 20 hours a week going to give you? Right. Mm -hmm. It's not going to give you a $2,000 a month apartment. Yeah, you know, it's a tough, tough world we're living in, that's for sure. Someone just mentioned yesterday to me about the fact that the Tylenol they used to buy for $6 a bottle is now $14 a bottle. Yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. Do you ever think about going back south? Uh, yeah, I do. Now that you can go again? Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. The other the other part of it is is what I think about is when I when I would go down south, I knew what there were drawings I was going to do. There I there were an amount of drawings I w would have liked to have got done each time spending time in New York a little bit, spending time in Key West. And today, 
if I go to either one of them places, I'm not drawing. I'm unless someone wa wants to buy an original, but I'm not going down there to draw. I don't need to do another drawing. I've retired from drawing and painting. Okay. <clears throat> so. So as as you sit there right now, you've retired from drawing and painting. So if someone was to call you, wanted you to do an original of their home or their whatever, um, uh, you're not doing it anymore. No. Okay. Uh, if if they were buying the original, I would I would do it. Right. So if they commissioned you to do an original. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I would I would definitely think about doing it. Yeah, five years without going down there, and I've been to Europe a couple times, so I have been drawing a bit, and uh, so five years of that, and then the last three years with COVID and uh, some medical procedures, I basically my my mind my thoughts of what i do what i'm doing why i'm doing what i'm doing have so drastically changed that i'm trying to just straighten out my my own head to uh think about what it is i want to do for me in the next five Man, years i think we're all doing years. that yeah in a way i, I you think know? so andrew yeah i think I'd, so you're sort of i mean even I'm I, feeling I, that way. I, I, and you know what? For me to be thinking that, that way, I, I believe that the only reason I'm thinking that way is because the mass vibration of humanity today is feeling that way. Yeah, man. So it's yeah. not just me thinking this is what I should do or shouldn't do. And it's these the things that come into my head of what to do, you know, is like, Boy, take take all fifteen of those um, those pieces and uh, find a, a place, a charity of some sort that is actually doing good for the younger generation that's coming on. You know, like the the number of kids that I see that <clears throat> don't have a chance to ever buy a home or almost not even be able to rent a, an apartment mm -hmm. you know like do something with that but i hate to say it most of the charities that i look at are just in it for themselves and they do and they do help there are people that help i i've always my whole life i would rather give $20 to one of those kids standing on the street corners these days at these stoplights. I'd rather give him 20 bucks than any charity that I know of. Because you know it's going directly to this. 100%. I don't, I don't care what it, where it's going. For him to be standing in the cold begging for some money, give him a $20 bill. You know, Christ, you're going to go up to the Fiddle and Firkin and have two glasses of wine for 20 bucks. True enough. What's what's better? That's where the last time you sat with my daughter, the the artist Randy Lee, was at the Fiddle and Firkin. Remember? Was it? We we sat there and we talked. Yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. When was that? That was a long time ago. Oh, 
Um, yeah, maybe three years ago. Was it three years ago? No, actually, it was sometime during COVID, I think. But it, mm. yeah, yeah, she just moved to Costa Rica, where yeah. she's going to do her art. <laughs> yeah, Andrew and I were just speaking about what she's doing down there. That's great. Yeah, she That's actually wild. video called me right before you were upstairs or something, and so oh, I heard that she said hi to Joe. Okay. Yeah. yeah, shout out to my baby down in Costa Rica. Wow, the baby. How yeah. old is she? <laughs> Thirty-five. <laughs> she's a baby she's my baby well she still wears diapers so <laughs> yeah you know randy you i look at you and you don't look old enough to have these two kids this age well thanks to the, uh, joe i appreciate that but i am i tell you yeah <laughs> well that, that that's the same thing where i'm at in my life yeah and getting thrown out of the u.s for five years Having six operations in the last uh, three years and getting to feel as good as I do today. I mean, if if I had been going to the United States the last eight or nine years, I wouldn't even know who my great grandchildren were. Yeah, well, my there's oldest, a blessing in that, isn't it? My oldest one's going to be hmm. eight years old in February. Great granddaughter, eight years old. So I've been in her life for eight years. That's wonderful. And she's, yeah, she makes my day. All I have to do is talk to her on the phone for five minutes, and she generates me for at least a week. Yeah, we have one granddaughter. She's, oh, yeah. She's five years old, Harry. She's a delight. Granddaughter? Yep, yep. You have two kids? I have three, no. three kids, all, oh, all boys oh. except for the two girls. <laughs> you confuse them there <clears throat> yeah a girl boy girl and our oldest Kristen um, yeah. has a little girl five years old oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah she's beautiful yeah yeah no it's awesome it's awesome that you I mean there was a benefit to the states kicking you out absolutely I, I, and I I see it I, I pretty well see I tr totally believe that we we all think we we are we are doing it we we we, but I totally believe that every breath you take, you know, everything that happens in your life that this us sitting here, we did this, but did we really, or was this just supposed to be happening, you know? And and even what what we've talked about or we're talking about. Not one of the three of us know what we're going to talk about in two minutes. That's the truth. That's you know, this is completely unscripted. We we went from hmm. the cocaine thing into I forget what we talked to next. <laughs> yeah. but it was the church. I think I think I brought the book into yeah. play. Yeah. So we're talking the cocaine thing and then going into churches and so I I believe our whole lives are that way that we think we know what we're doing and we think we're the ones that are doing what we're doing but it's exactly what it is we're supposed to be doing we have no control over it at all interesting and uh, so part of that comes from someone some little kid six years old that's got cancer or something you know and we're watching it on TV mm -hmm. this little kid someone dies at 12 years old 
drone gets drone dry drones saving someone else from mm-hmm. from drowning a 12 year old you know like yeah so i say yeah. your blessings count your blessings say your prayers and i know they, i i get a little too religiously religious sometimes but i think it's more spiritual than a religion joe yeah yeah it is it is to be honest with you but uh i i'm blessed i we are we're blessed to have children and we are still be around still kicking 60 what 63 did you say you were i'm I'm 50 52 you're 52 no (laughs) <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, me too. Forty nine I'm forty nine. <laughs> oh God. I'm twelve. Yeah. I'm twelve. I did have this absolutely beautiful, beautiful woman. I I'm gonna mention her just in case you would watch this. Erin. Erin's from uh Key West. Well, she's from Long Island. She's a masseuse. She has a line of uh, health products that she's put together, and she's an amazing actress. And Erin, uh, when this hap- all happened, and I, I needed to somehow get back down to Key West is what I thought, Erin offered to marry me. And Erin is, Whoa. today she might be 45, 46, 47, something like that. But just having a... a a human being in in my life of this character I'm a winner yeah man I remember you telling me this years ago uh, you know well we'll see if we can hmm. get in touch with her and she can watch this oh no well I'll I'll, t- I'll let her know that oh perfect I'll let cool. her know that this happens I, I keep in touch with her cool yeah Erin McKinnon she is a beauty Oh, good for her. That's awesome. She's look, look her up on the line out. Erin McKinnon. You. She's uh, yeah. Now Aaron. she's gonna. What's with this perv? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fabulous. Cool. Joe, I can't thank you enough for coming down, brother. Well, are we? Uh, are we, are we, we touched we, on uh, everything we need to touch on? Well, um, you tell me, Joe. Is there any is there any last word that you would uh, you'd like to share? Aaron, yeah, yeah. We'll do this after we we don't have to put this on. Yeah, there. yeah. She'll yeah. have she'll have a uh, hundred people phoning her. Yeah, <laughs> oh, true. Yeah. Oh yeah, I shouldn't have maybe used her last name even. Anything I want to say. Uh, the only thing I would want to make a statement about is the fact that what we do, like what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. and stuff like this that that we do, the books, the art, the acting, whatever it is, there isn't anything more important in our lives. And the importance of who is in our life 
is it, it can't be categorized. Uh, your children, your mom and your dad, your brothers, your sisters, your friends. You can't say that your parents are more important than your than your wife or husband. You can't say they're more important than your great-grandchildren. Uh, there are people in your life that you've been friends with for 30 years, 40 years. I have friends that I have lunch with at the Firkin that it's been 75 years with some of them that we've been friends. And uh, they're the thing about your friendship, your the love you have for people like that, that love should be shown to someone that stands on the street holding out their hand for a buck or whatever you can give them, or someone that you meet just meet on the street that is having a, a hard day to to show as much love as you do for all those p important people in your life to that person that you hardly know, that's the way everybody should be. That's, uh, you know. Being, I believe that be, too. Being a, so. being a friend is, is more important than having a friend. Being, being a, a good person to, to someone that's down and out is more important than... All, all the relationships you have in your life. So, anyway, nice piece to end on. Yeah, every time we get a guy in here with a white beard, they got wisdom coming out of their. You know. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, I think it's the beard. It's, 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 <laughs> you know what it is, Andrew? It's not the beard. Hmm. It's knowing that you don't have to get up to shave tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't um, have to put that blade on my face and scrape that, you know. Yeah, I only do part of mine. Well, I, I should I, that picture I showed you earlier about me with the. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I did one time. Huh. I shaved half of it off like that. Oh yeah. And left the other. Did I tell you that? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, freaked everybody out. <laughs> Walking around for about a week or two with half my face shaved. <laughs> Hilarious, man. You Until some... it, it hurt my my youngest daughter. It hurt my youngest daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. She come for lunch one day to the store. She was going to St. Clement's School. And she come for lunch with two of her little girlfriends. They were like in grade five or four or something. And uh, when they left, she come back in. She was crying because the kids said your dad must be crazy that he did, that he did. <laughs> so That's i try hilarious. i try not to be so stupid anymore <laughs> stay away from the razor it's yeah. awesome anyway joe that was awesome man Good. oh you know what yeah you gotta sign the table yeah, first know. first signature just, just a second before joe signs the table yeah um as you can see joe a lot of people have signed the table um d might put on that camera show us the table You'll be the very first person who's ever signed the table where people get to see it. Um, everybody else gets to see you, but on every other podcast that we've done, but this is the first time we've added, added the fourth camera so we can see the table. 
Yeah, this anyway, big one right here. This, so the long one. that said, Joe, if you wouldn't mind, we give you the option of where you want to draw it, but I'd love it if you could draw it off to your left a little bit. and Here if, or here? Oh, right wherever you pointed the first part. Yeah. And if you would, you can see that other people have drawn little pictures. Yeah. Please draw something that's going to be better than theirs. Though we don't necessarily have a thousand dollars. Yeah. Do whatever you'd like, Joe. But, but we need you to sign the table. Ah. For those listening, Joe has drawn a, a heart with an arrow through it. Yeah. Love is all you need. And now you got to sign it. Beautiful. Love is all you need, Joe Fort. Ladies Beautiful. and gentlemen, uh, Joe Fort's uh, books can be found on Amazon.ca. You can contact him through Monogram Coffee in Cambridge or me. Contact me. Get on our uh, IMDb. Not IMDb. What is it? Instagram. Yeah, YouTube comments. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Joe, thank peace, you. Peace. Thank you, man. Peace. peace, man. Thank you very much for being here. You're welcome. The two Preston it. boys having a conversation. I love it, this. It took a lot, <laughs> but I got here. Yeah, man. No, it's yeah. great. I was All so right. stoked to have you. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Cut it, D. <laughs>